Cheers. I'm Kana. I'm Amy. And we are at the Corbet and Cor- Claude. Corbett and Claude, I think. Unless, of course, you're being very pretentious. French, Corbet. The Corbett and Claude. I reckon it's Corbett. Because basically this building is called Corbett Chambers. Okay. So I think it's more the... It's taking the name from the building, which is probably more an old anglicised or anglicised version than a French Corbet. Or well, maybe I was thrown out by the French guy who served. Well, yeah, okay, that's that's true. And I think the, the, the bar lady also is not a, um, a local Australian from the point of view of being here for years. I'm, 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 I'm drinking a lager. It's a, it's a house brew. Yep. On your recommendation, I'm having it as well instead of the wine. I'm finding it very... Um, it's not very hoppy and it's a nice... You know, it's like a soft beer. Yeah, I'd actually kind of say it's a bit limp, personally. Oh, <laughs> it's it's all right. Fine. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it, but um, it's probably not my... It hasn't got that kick. No. No. But... And I find it a little bit gassy. I'm finding beer very gassy at the moment. Yeah, I've been on the ciders for a while. Yeah. Uh, for that reason. But this one sort of feels good. Well, it's good for you. Really good for gassy. you. Well done. Well done, Kay. Um, Yes, so this is episode 49. 49, is it? 49. Almost at a half century. Yes. Well, so we're... Um, we're actually getting together to do a, a bit of a back-to-back, although we'll probably be in two locations, won't we? We're going to the other place next. Yeah, we'll have to do it in a double location. Double location. Because um, later today we're doing uh, face-to-face. Yes, our first face-to-face game in Brisbane that we've organised. Exciting, we... exciting time. Yeah, yeah. It's been... Cross fingers, all, all seven people turn up. We are playing, so we only need five more people. Yes. So in a, in a city like Brisbane, we should be able to, I think, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I was actually really surprised because um, Amby Junior, who's at uni, um, he's kind of joined a few different you know clubs and societies as you do. Yes. And one of them's like a board game club at his university. Oh. And he went. He was playing like a few different games on on the um, earlier in the week. I think it was I can't remember what day it was, but anyway. And then he happened to mention me this morning. He said, "Oh, Dad, I should mention that." Um, yeah, they were talking about diplomacy, and I think I think there might be a diplomacy player in there. But some some guy kind of said, "Oh, no, we can't play that. We haven't got four days to sit around and wait." <laughs> I said, "No, no, no, mate, no, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, no yeah, four top, top, top four hours, I reckon's good. You know, if we kind of wanted to kind of you know just shove out a quick one at three hours. Yes. So I reckon that's actually an area that you could we could kind of you know again ourselves and anyone else who's kind of really keen on the game get into the local university scene." There's a good point. Because they've all got bloody board game clubs. They never did when I was there, but that was like back when we used to write with, you know, um, parchment and ink wells and things. I, I think I, quite. I played a lot of board games at university, mostly because I just was interested in getting people together and playing board games. Yeah. But I didn't really get that many diplomacy games happening because it was a significant length of time. And, and the difficulty of getting the seven players together. Yeah. Yeah. My father used my father used to play diplomacy in the navy. Oh, okay. On the um, on the boats. I didn't know so, that. Yeah, they they did like every um like a two day phase right. type things to give did, plenty of time for <laughs> um you know false news to be put up around the boats and so two day phases. Two day phases, and they wow. get together and they make their make a move, and then um they do the retreats on that day. Yeah. And builds if they had on the um, you know on the, at the end of the autumn phase, and then they're dispersed for two days. And what what happened on the boat is just you know so allowed for plenty of time for sneaky, um, quiet, 
negotiations to go in rooms where he had absolutely no idea who was talking to who. What a great story. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, because you can't escape from one another on a boat. I'm trying to think, though, how would you make sure that... You know, like if you if like if you play like a game of chess over a period of time, how do you make sure that the pieces don't move when you're on a boat, on a ship? Good question. They must have had must some have type. Had some they sort would have got around. They must have notation. Yeah, they probably would have written it down and yeah. things moved and you know. Yeah. Because they probably didn't have blue tack back then or whatever the American equivalent name is. No, the Australian Navy. So. Yeah, but I don't know. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. That, 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 that's that's kind of being a bit obtuse today. That's okay. Yep. Have another drink. Um, but no, that's that's really cool. So I, I wonder though, when it came to builds, if you had coastal supply centres, if everyone always chose to build navies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wear that army shit around here. Right, right, right. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to maybe if you kind of um, had one of the the, the uh, officer class who's part playing the game as well, he might kind of take it badly if you're building armies rather than navies. <laughs> anyway. In which case, so did you know, did he play just like, was he a, 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 um, like a, a, an officer or an NCO or just a, an ordinary sailor? Oh, officer. An officer? Yeah. Oh, so was, he, was this played just with the officers or with the, the other men? You know, I never asked him. I should ask him. You should. I should. If he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. He's about. I'll ask him next time I see him. Yeah. We'll do that. And the other thing I'd be interested to find out is, was this just played on this one ship? And was it played before he turned up so it was like a history on this ship of diplomacy? Or whether he introduced it? Good question. I've never really asked how he came to the game. But he had the early box, you know. Yeah. Like, one of the early editions of the game. So... I don't know, maybe he picked it up when he was in America, or who knows. I don't know. I'm, I'm keen I, I, to learn more so, so about there this are, story. There are some questions I will need to ask. The other game, of course, they played was Ace and Doocy. I know what we need. Sorry, if we can just go back to that for a moment. When you, when you plan to do that, if you kind of give me advance notice, maybe I can give you the recording device and you can do an interview with your dad about his diplomacy experience back in the day. Yeah, all right, let's do that. Yep, I usually get plenty of heads up when he's coming up to Brisbane. That's right, because he's from down south, isn't he? Yeah, he lives down in Melbourne. Ah, okay, cool. Yep. There we go. There we go. Sounds like a plan. Speaking of interviews, we recently did an interview. Yes, we did. We did two, but we're only going to do one now. Yes. <laughs> and for this one, we interviewed J-Mo from Webkin. Yeah, J-Mo with lots of numbers after his name that we couldn't work out what they were. And I did ask the question, folks, for those of you who are interested, what those numbers meant. And um, I got a negatory. Yes, they're, they're about as secret as your 406 after Kana. Correct. <laughs> which which I've noticed you still haven't given me a, you know... I've tried lots of different things. I've talked about, you know, Montana phone codes and it was your, your unit number in the army or... <laughs> yeah, no, no, none of that. <laughs> but no, we're, we're still in the dark as to Jane those numbers. But we did get a heads up on plenty of new stuff that's happening and has happened over at um, WebDip. Very true. So maybe we should let JMO tell us all about it and we'll be back soon. All right. JMO, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. 
It's, it's great to have you on. It's, it's been a little while since we've had anybody from um, WebDip. Um, obviously, we've had a couple of people who are, are regular people and participants over there. You know, Captain Meme, I think, about six months or so ago. Um, and before that, we've had, you know, Kestis and other people who've had involvement in, in WebDip. Um, so what's what's your role with, with Web Diplomacy? Um, I've had a few different roles, kind of wear a few different hats over there. Uh, been the lead admin there for uh, a few periods of time, retired uh, for a little while, then I uh, came back, um, and now I'm doing a lot more development work. Uh, I still help uh, train some of the new moderators a bit, but I've been trying to really focus on the development work recently and been having some fun with that. Yeah, and there's a few um, stylistic changes, to say the least. Not, um on, on the front end of things, um, to start off with, just some drop-down menus on, on the top have um, sort of been implemented. Not to say what else is happening behind the scenes. You, uh, yeah. yeah. So just to give you like some backstory into why some of the, well, a lot of new changes have been going on. Um, you know, with the, all of the kind of new games available on phones and stuff there's a lot of competition just in the you know online gaming space so what we really wanted to make sure is um you know diplomacy is a fun game so we don't want it to kind of uh, lose interest from people who are visiting the site for the first time going wow that site looks like it's 30 years old um you know we want to keep it kind of up to speed offer some neat features you know kind of pique people's interest as they come to us for the first time, um, give them a good place to play the game. So we redid the site look, cleaned up a lot of the content, uh, redid the FAQ, um, tried to make it so that information was really streamlined. And this is part of what I do for uh, my professional life too, is website design. So you know, I just tried to apply some industry standards. Um, the menu was a big one because I'm sure you guys remember before, you had to click a few different uh, links to get to something as simple as the site rules, right? So you would have had to, uh, at the top, click like help slash donate, then that gives you that old page that had all the links, and in there you would find some of that stuff. So we really wanted new members to be able to quickly see like, okay, how do I play this game? What are the rules? Yeah. And, and to that end, I think it does. Uh, it's, it's so much easier to be able to get you get your way around. Um, the fact that also the code base, I think, is obviously shared um, to a certain degree with you know other PHP diplomacy sites. I mean, we've seen over on on V Diplomacy as an example, a lot of the the hard work and hard yards that you guys have been doing on WebDip has been able to be largely ported across. Um, so I think it's it's a Thank you very much for, for for somebody who kind of hangs out probably more at VDIP than uh, than WebDIP that we've been able to be benefactors of all your um all your hard efforts and work. So thank you very much because <laughs> yeah, that's come across. It's been great. Yeah, and that's something we try and keep in mind as we're doing a lot of those changes. Is are we doing it in a way that's not going to you know completely screw over Ali and Toby who are trying to keep uh, VDIP up to speed or um. Uh, Flame, who's keeping the Russian version up to speed, and I don't even know who keeps the Italian site up to speed, but I know they occasionally pull from us, so I want to make that as as painless as possible for them, because um, you know we want everyone in the 
in the diplomacy hobby to have a good time at any of the sites. And yep. One of the big things, I guess, that also changed recently at the web dips, actually when I say recently, that's a bit of a misnomer, probably in the last six months or so, is the way that you've approached the, the forum particularly because um, uh, web diplomacy always seemed to be a bit of a hotbed of uh, different conversations, so to speak, within the forum area. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming that there has been some uh, engagement, obviously, with the, the players within WebDip to get a bit of an idea about what they like, what they don't like, to try to build the new functionality that's currently there in the forum. Is that correct? Um, yeah, so the, the actual reason that we had to go with a new forum is... Um, the way it was set up, you know, Kestis um, kind of built the site as, I believe, a college project, and I'm not sure he ever intended it for it to scale as much as it did. So the way the form was set up is it was trying to load uh, way more than it needed to, and it kind of had to be redesigned because it was kind of killing our site's processing power. So we kind of looked around, and uh, uh, PHP B33 as a replacement um, ended up working out pretty well so it plugged in pretty nicely and with the new functionalities it provided we figured it'd be good to try and you know break it apart um, have dedicated sections for people who like to play face to face uh, dedicated sections for uh, diplomacy advice for announcements um, i'm keeping up a thread where people uh, can you know keep an eye out on all the new development changes um and then we have a decent sized group of people who love to play the game mafia on our site so we just made a nice you know form game section for them and let them play so we're just trying to make sure that we accommodate the player base um now for that kind of you know hot-headed conversation area that you guys uh, mentioned we don't disallow that we just kind of move it over into our politics section and we have that uh hidden from the homepage um, menu and it we just keep it from showing up prominently so if people want to you know argue and debate a bit more um with less civil tones we'll we'll allow it but we really don't want the general member base who's just here to play a game to have to deal with that and I think that's, that's an excellent approach because you know you you give people that opportunity to uh Oh, I don't know how do you want to put it, throw shit at each other constantly, whether you're red or blue. Um, but you create a safe place that everyone knows what you're going to get into there. And I think even on the on the forum page in that section, you know, any I think you mentioned this sub-forum would be moderated differently than the other forums. So, uh, uh, yes. Kids' gloves gets taken off there and, and hopefully people know what they're getting into when they get in there. I'm sure they do as soon as they start looking at the posts. and. Yeah, I, I personally... Um, don't give it a glance more than every so often or if we get a report that something really inappropriate is going on. So, you know, we, we try and give people some freedom there. But if it's anything, you know, where people are making actual threats or any doxing of any type, we're not going to allow that. Um, anything that's just outright uh, racist, um, bigoted, sexist, we just don't want that here. You know, we're, we're a gaming site. We want everyone to feel welcome. If you're a new member and, you know, we have a, a woman come and look at the site and the first thing she stumbles across in the forum is something like, you know, oh, we hate Hillary Clinton because women should never be president. We just, we don't want anything like that. We want people to come here, play the game, not feel like they're going to be, um, you know, discriminated against playing the game. So we do, we do have some constraints there. Um, 
but we do try and let people, you know, kind of throw shit back and forth at each other if they want. Cool. Sure. And and that's something I I am glad that you've you've kept there as well because I I do drop into the politics um, forum just to sort of see what's happening on either side of the the, the line, I guess, um, of the chambers, just to just to get a heads up of um, what's going on because I think that was quite a for me, it was something that I really enjoyed to be able to hear from both sides of the aisle. Um, so I'm not just living in my own little political bubble echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. So you what else has been happening over at, um, over at WebDip, JMO? Was- yeah, so we have a number of things that we've kind of changed recently. So I actually just scribbled down a couple notes on some of the... Uh, key ones that I wanted to mention and kind of why we've been able to do some of this now. Um, and the reason for that is I've been made a GitHub approver, so I'm now able to review people's code, um, suggest changes, and then merge it in myself. So that's something I got recently at the beginning of the year. And then once I had that, I was able to actively kind of recruit some people who are helping make changes. So we've had a lot of people uh, come in and help make some changes recently. So I do want to give them some shout outs. Um, we've had Squigs44 come in and he's made some really nice changes. So one of the things he did was uh, implement a cash busting, which is a technical term. So pretty much what that means is um, anytime we make like CSS changes or stylistic changes, you see those without having to clear the cache on your browser. So that takes some work behind the scenes to make that a bit more uh, seamless for everyone. And I'm yep. sure you guys might have remembered, like, Ali used to have to say, oh, you know, refresh your browser a couple times if you're seeing weird stuff. That should, for the most part, not be a problem anymore because of that change. Um, another change he made was uh, updating the Hall of Fame to have a current which is in the last six months and an all time section. So that was a really nice one. I was happy to see him make. Um, and I think I hear that being well received at VDIP too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I can just say something quick, kind of, we, we've talked on the show a few times around the fact that, like, the number one uh, guy on the, uh, the Hall of Fame, so to speak, you know, basically hasn't played a game for a, for a couple of years or three years. And he, like, he only turns up like once every 12 months. And, um, you know, occasionally says something in the forum and disappears, and then basically because he's the way the rating system works, he, it's pretty much impossible to knock him off. So now the fact that you know it's it, it, there's a separate actual one for active players, I think is just fantastic. So uh, thank you again very much for that. That's wonderful. Yeah, and then um, the other really nice thing that uh, Squigs uh, helped us out with was fixing the paging uh, by redesigning that. So. Like when you take a look at um, the search results for games on someone's profile, you see how you have those buttons, those blue buttons now. Before, there were all kinds of bugs and stuff with that. You you couldn't always click to the end. It might show you more pages of results than there were. You could go past the end of the results. So all that stuff is cleaned up now. Um, and then what that allowed uh, us to do was if you go to the... the um, chat archives in a game you can now sort by country too so just a, a couple really nice small features that uh, squigs has helped us out with and uh, he's a little bit newer to development i think he's uh, still studying for it but you know having him come on and help out has been awesome and um 
Do you guys know Bosox48? He's one of the admins on Web Diplomacy. Yes, yes. He's also been doing some uh, development with us recently, so he helped out a lot with that new menu, um, the design of that, and getting it to work on all browsers and all devices. It took a lot of work, um, a lot of work, because browsers and on different devices and stuff don't play nicely together. So getting that going was a really cool thing to see from his end um, and then he's been helping update a lot of the content because he's really knowledgeable around um, how the site works how the rules of the game work so updating the FAQ for questions and stuff and just a lot of the other page content so he's been a huge help there okay. I think it's fantastic that you've been able to create a community where you've got not only people who are obviously actively keen and participating in the game but also you know, trying to grow what the offering is. I think that's that's brilliant. It's it says a lot. I think that you know not only are people willing to kind of come along and, and have have some fun, but they're also happy to kind of participate and engage and, and grow what the what the offering is. So um, you, you've touched on a few things there, Jamo. What's what's kind of down the path of, of development? You know, normally you have these guys who and and you know being in, in web. Um, web development you tend to have a bit of a, a forward plan for future um future work where do you see things going yeah so there's a couple small changes from um a few other larger changes we've made recently that i want to do just to clean them up a bit so one of the big things that we did recently um and a lot of credit for this goes to Toby from VDIP. Um, he did probably a good half of the work on the excused misturns and reliability rating changes. So that was really awesome to have him help out with that. Um, and we made sure it would work with VDIP too when we did all that. So there's, there's still some adjusting to do with that. So people who play live games are getting uh, penalized a bit too hard, so I'm working on cleaning that up a bit. So the live game players, they're going to be penalized less um, for live games because, you know, it's just natural. You're trying and scheduling a bunch of people to sit down uh, for four or five hours at one time and not have any interruptions. You know, life just doesn't work out that, uh, that nicely, so people are just going to have to drop off and... We don't want them to not be able to play more live games because of it. Um, and then another kind of big thing we did recently was the tournament section. And I don't know if you guys will have gotten to see much of that over at VDIP yet. Um, have you been able to check out that new feature yet? I haven't really looked at it at VDIP. Um, why don't you walk us through it, Jamie? Yeah, so basically what it is, and let me pull it up on WebDIP myself so I get this right is we wanted to be able to have tournaments better integrated into the site. So what we did, Squigs and I um, sat down on a weekend, actually, and just knocked this out, spent most of the weekend, both of us, just coding. A um, little ridiculous time-wise, but really happy with how it came out. So we have the Online Diplomacy Championship for 2019 up on WebDip now. And what the tournament's... Uh, section lets us do is it lets us put in a description so it'll let um, a moderator or tournament director kind of uh, give details on the, the tournament in the site so, and they're able to reference a form thread for it and then they can put a link to an external site too so if there's more information on a google doc somewhere or you know on a different site that can be linked in 
Um, and then it's just a free form box so they can format it, explain all the rules, all the seating questions, the prizes, everything. And then we put our reliability requirement in there. And then what we can do is we can just add in a comma separated list of games. So, and what round those games go to. So that'll make a new dropdown that'll show you a status overview of all of the ongoing games in that round. And for those games, you see a table that shows the game, the turn, the phase, the process time, and the status. So the status shows you, is it paused? Is it stuck in wait for orders? When's the next process time? So you get a real nice overview of all the ongoing games, and then you see all the finished games. And it'll show you if the game was drawn or won, and who won or was in the draw. So it's a real nice, um, just quick overview of a tournament. You can follow them a lot easier, and then we edit in a way to spectate them. So if you click Spectate Tournament, it puts it on your homepage, and you get a link to all the games. So you can watch a tournament really easily. Um, and then all of the games that are linked in there, the game director gets full uh, game director powers for all of those games. So this way we don't have to mod tournament directors we don't have to go through one by one and give them powers um, it's just a real nice clean way to have all the tournament info in one spot so then the tournaments also have a scoring and participants uh, link so you click on that it'll show you the, everybody's name in a table it'll show you round one round two round three however many rounds and it'll show you their scores and it's really easy for the tournament director to go through, update all the scores, click save, and then everybody can see where they're at in the tournament. And then we also have signups integrated now too. So for the next big tournament, um, players will be able to go to the tournament spot. They'll be able to click sign up for the tournament. And then the tournament director just goes and they can go through and approve and reject everybody. Uh, really easy, and that throws a notice on each member's homepage and says you're either approved or denied for that tournament. And we just color-coded those notices, too, so they stand out a bit from the normal game notices. So then the final result of what we're doing there is in the Finish tab in the Tournament section. We're uploading all our old tournaments. So like Captain Meme is going through, and he's updating all of the old 1v1 tournaments, and he's updating all the rounds and all of the uh, games in those. So now you can go through and you can look at all 20-some rounds of the first 1v1 showdown in 2017. So even if you're brand new to the site, you can come, you can see the tournament history we have. You can kind of see this is a competitive place. Um, you can get involved more than just with your friends. So that's where we're at now. And one of the changes we're, I want to do to that is make it so as soon as the tournament is open for sign-up, we're just going to put a notice on every member's homepage for maybe a week and let them know that they can participate if they meet the requirements. And if not, they can spectate it. So we want to get people more involved in the competitive nature of the site too. Even if they're just here with a school group or with some friends, we want them to be able to see like this is something going on. Feel free to watch. Feel free to get involved. That's brilliant. Um, I, I, the way I was going through whilst you were talking there, JMO, looking at the tournament section of WebDip, and it's 
It's a very sophisticated offering, and you know, but at the same time, very simple to understand, very simple to use, and and the way you explain it, I think, makes makes perfect sense. Um, I notice over in VDIP that the functionality is there, but I don't think any of the, the work has been done yet for um, you know, existing tournaments to be having their, their details previously displayed or or any new current tournaments, but um, it's good that the functionality is there. You, you touched on how this, the intention is to also make it easier for tournament directors to be able to manage tournaments. Uh, I'm interested if you can explain a little bit more in that space around how it's changed. You touched on before you had to previously give them, you know, some certain you know, mod rights to be able to do things. I, I've gone through this myself probably about 12 months ago where I was a tournament director for a, um, a tournament around the game 1066 and I found it was a little bit clumsy the way it was managed because it didn't have that type of functionality that you're talking about there. So would you be able to just talk a little bit more around how it makes things a little bit easier for tournament directors to actually manage? Yeah, so before, to even get a tournament director set up, the moderator team would have to go through, find every game involved with the tournament, and then one by one give that tournament director special permissions to it. And those special permissions needed a bit of work too. Um, So... Uh, we went through and we made some changes to those. So now if you're marked as a tournament director, you can see through anonymity in games, you can pause games, you can reorder the countries in games, you can post in the global chat of games and it'll show up as game director instead of saying moderator. So it's more clear that this is the person running the tournament. Um, in that round breakdown, one of the big things that... Um, on WebDip has been a problem for tournament directors is not being able to easily see if a game is stuck and wait for orders. So that table will highlight the whole row in bright red for any games that are stuck in wait for orders mode because that's a pretty common mode for tournaments. Um, And then all of the stuff that you see on WebDip, like the details, you can see um, all that information and then the scoring that's all available for the tournament director to really easily update. So they don't have to update one by one. They can type in all the scores in uh, a table format and just click update once and it'll update all of it. So they don't have to keep a scoring system off site. Um, they don't have to make like a Google doc to explain the rules of the tournament or deal with keeping like, um, you know, a form thread up to date with info. All of that's now in this nice spot. Like for the online diplomacy um, championships going on right now, uh, Durga is running that. And when she did the initial signups, she made lists on WebDip, on PlayDip, maybe on VDip too. And it's just something where, you know, we ask people to sign up, you know, please um, copy and paste the list and just add your name. It was mind-boggling how bad everybody on all the sites was at keeping a list up to date. Um, people got dropped off of it. People's numbers magically changed. People played jokes on each other. So now having scoring integrated where members just go to this tournament and they click sign up for the game, um, from there it's just a super easy way for the tournament director to manage it. Ask a moment, Kane, are you kind of doing some light carpentry in the background? <laughs> there's an aeroplane going overhead. I live here in Eastport, the um, the Amberley. Um, oh, anyway, right, okay. I'll move inside. It's all good. There is a mute button, you know. 
<laughs> I, I, I kind of also have like the, the, the planes catching flying in the background coming out of Brisbane International, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I digress. Uh, talking about that tournament stuff uh, again, JMO. One thing I tried, to, I found with the particular tournament I was running, was the need to the idea being to keep it relatively fair, so that every player, for example, would play. Um, I'll use the example with the classic board just to make it simple. You know, everybody get, got to play each seven countries. Um, is there an easy way, the way that the tournament's uh, set up to be able to allow the creation of games to do that, or is that still a more a manual process? That's kind of a manual process. Um, one of our admins, oh boy, from a few years back, uh, Yeebels, I'm not quite sure how to say his name. He made just a, I think it's a Python or Perl script that we have saved. So if you have, um, if you want to just organize games so everyone plays at once, we just plug in user IDs and it spits back out um, commands to dump into the reorder tool. So that's something that uh, I can pass along to anyone on VDIP who's trying to run a tournament with a little tweaking. That program could probably do that, um, you know, save you guys some manual time. Um, but no, I ha- we haven't um, gotten anything like that into the site yet. Okay, that's cool. Um, hey, Kana, do you have anything more that you want to ask just about the tournaments before we move on to some other stuff about WebDip? No, I love it. I, I think it's great. Let's um, let's move on to the next bit. I think. Cool. I noticed, Jamo, there's this a nice you know big feature thing currently on the on the WebDip site around the um, the WebDip uh, Discord community. Um, how is that? What's that intention? What's it planned to do? How are, you, how are players using that at the moment? Yeah, so we had a bit of a more informal Discord before. Um, it, was, it wasn't affiliated really with the site, uh, but it was there. So recently, um, the Nexus tournament site, are you guys familiar with that, the Nexus tournament going on? Yeah, we yeah. had uh, Ajax on a couple of episodes ago to talk a little bit about the tournament. Yeah, so he's... Um, you know, been very graciously willing to link to other uh, diplomacy sites, Discord environments, and kind of have a, you know, sharing. So he and I have been working uh, pretty closely to try and make sure that, um, you know, WebDip has a nice Discord uh, site for him to refer people to. Uh, In return, I've been helping them brainstorm a little bit with ideas for the site they're making. Um, So it's been a good relationship to have there and then part of um the tournament site is uh his his team is running those games on a bunch of different sites so the new tournaments feature uh helps them out a bit for that and then what i want to do is um with his uh kind of tournament going on i want to be able to as the next step in that tournament feature i talked about make it so that a game can either be a web diplomacy game or it can be a link to another site's game. So when we have these cross-site tournaments, I still want to be able to track the full tournament on this WebDip tournament tool. And that'll also let face-to-face tournaments just get uploaded for uh, posterity to WebDip. So the Discord's kind of been you know, part of this um, multi-step uh, process to kind of work with Ajax and his team and you know make sure that we're able to accommodate this really cool idea that they're doing um, 
and you know he kind of proved out that you know discord's a really popular place for diplomacy right now so uh arulian one of the new mods on our site asked if uh they could put it together so gave uh gave them our blessing and they've done a really good job of it you know they uh, split it up, have some nice categories, and then we've been able to have uh, some pretty cool discussions with uh, some people who are just considering developing for the site, who you know might play around but wanted to ask some questions about it. So you know we're having um, some really nice uh, perks from having that set up. Um, when you were uh, jumping off to just make sure this was recording right, Canner uh, and I talked for a second about. Uh, some of the struggles, you know, that kind of come with that, though, and the big one is how do we moderate that? So we are trying to make sure that um, nobody's talking about ongoing uh, press-limited games in this and that, you know, everybody's still being respectful to each other and that we're not having any anything against the web dip rules going on on this Discord. So that's, that's definitely the... Um, the struggle that comes along with having this, but we're really happy with how it's going right now. Um, actually, the whole moderator team was talking about that pretty recently, and we're we've been uh, really pleased with how that's going. So it's a massive job, I would imagine, looking after the Discord for the like moderating the chat side of things. There, um, do you have someone who's looking at doing that? Um, so it's almost a full-time job, really, wouldn't it be? It's actually not been nearly as much work as you might think. Um, people have been pretty good about realizing they need to follow the same rules. Uh, we, we've made sure that, that uh, all new people get uh, redirected to a room that kind of clarifies that the same rules apply. Um, we have booted a few band members who have come in and tried to troll a little bit, um, just kicked them out. But um, Captain Meme has graciously volunteered to help us with just a little bit of the moderation on that side, really just looking for anything just way out of line. And then just the mods in general, some of them are more active on Discord than others, and they've been doing a really good job keeping it clean and hasn't seemed to take all that much time from anybody. So it's been pretty good. Oh, oh good. Um, Jamie, you kind of touched a little bit there around obviously the mods and previous to that, um, people who've kind of helped out with the actual the, the programming side of things. Uh, in an ideal world, if you had a, a web dip, uh, you know, obviously you've got lots of different web dip, uh, dip people playing at the moment. If they had a particular special skill set that you feel that the site ideally needs right now to kind of you know lift the game just even a little bit more, uh, what that, what would that skill set be? Yeah, I think there's um, maybe two two answers to that. The the first answer is people who don't have any interest in technical uh, development, none at all, but who really like the game um, are willing to you know help out with the site. We're really looking to try and have mentors available for new members. So. Um, our mods, uh, Sleezer in particular, has been doing a great job trying to pair up new members with more experienced members and get them some mentoring um, in their first couple games, help them get acclimated to the game, to any questions on rules, uh, maybe answer some questions on like, oh, is, is this a good way to send press my first game or two? So getting people to help make the community a bit more welcoming 
um, people who are willing to post some cool content, you know, engage in conversations about diplomacy strategy. That that's a really big help. We we need the community, and not just on WebDip, but for the hobby in general, to be opening, to be welcoming, and to teach people how to play the game. Because diplomacy has a learning curve, right? You know, I, we're all pretty decent uh, players in this conversation, and uh, I'm pretty sure no one who jumps in right off the bat, except maybe um, you know, Mad Marks or Conk over at Playdip are just naturally gifted at it. It takes some work to figure out how to play it well. So having people yeah. willing to do that is really awesome. And we're seeing some of that, but we would love to see more people uh, willing to step up and take some uh, mentees under their wing. It's a massive learning curve, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. And then the second answer is obviously uh, anyone with technical interest. When I started on the site, I had zero, zero experience with PHP. Uh, never had looked at a line of PHP in my life. Um, but I had some SQL experience, and then, you know, I just kind of learned as I went. Um, a tin can helped me out. Kestis helped me out. Um, Google helped me out the most. <laughs> and what I've been doing with some of the uh, new guys who are helping out is I'm more than happy to sit down, answer some questions, you know, walk them through uh, how to code with our code base, make make whatever they're developing fit in really well. And there's a lot of different things that you can do development-wise. You know, you can come in and you can just ask us for what you know what's the easiest starting level bug I can fix. And, and we have stuff ready. You know, I have stuff that I just haven't gotten around to. I know it's going to be a one-line change. I just have not had the time. So I'll give it to them. I'll point them in the right direction. Um, if they have questions, I'll help them out. Or, you know, we've had people come in and be like, I want to take on a big project. Um, and you can build up to that point, too. The first few changes that Squigs44 started off with were really small bug fixes. And he worked with me. He was asking me a bunch of questions. Uh, how does the code work? Where should I look? How do I get better? So he went from doing really small bugs to helping me build this tournament project. And now he's taken on one of the largest projects I think we've had on the site, which is working to integrate ghost ratings into the site. And that's what he's working on now, which is going to be one of the really cool upcoming changes um, that I'm really excited to have underway for the site now. So anyone with technical experience who's interested can join and help out and it's actually beneficial you know because it's an open source repository that that's tied back to you and what you're doing in your career um in the technical industry recruiters and um you know people interviewing you at technical jobs almost always ask do you have side projects you work on outside of work uh do you have you know get commits do you have work that you can show us. So in my last um, job interview earlier this year, I ended up talking about the work I've done with WebDip for a good 10, 15 minutes. You know, they were really interested, asked me a bunch of questions. Um, so it's definitely something that can be valuable to you, you know, professional experience-wise too. So, um, you know, we're always looking for people with some technical interest, especially people who are going into the field if you're still doing your studies and stuff to you know, take a look and ask if you want to get involved. 
I've actually got to agree exactly with what you just said, JMO, because um, probably around about nine months ago, we were recruiting at my work a ICT graduate, and uh, of the th- we kind of you know whittled down the candidates, and of the final three we interviewed, and the one that we appointed is, has been fantastic. He was the only guy that was actually doing stuff on the side, like literally, you know, he'd get a bit bored on a weekend, it's a bit rainy, so what's he going to do? He's going to create some type of program to automate the way all the lights work in his parents' house. So... <laughs> Yeah, those type of really weird skills, you know. Actually, then you know, an employer goes, "Hey, look, this is obviously somebody who's prepared to use those skills outside of their um, the normal environment, and um, that's always very attractive." So, I think that's a great opportunity for anybody to get involved in in the technical uh, element of WebDip. Um, you know, get some get some experience under their belt and be able to apply that later on. So. That's fantastic. Can I, I – I really want to kind of get to um, what you talked about with Squeaks 44 and the ghost ratings, but before uh, we move on to that, I, I wanted to just delve a little bit more on the first item you talked about, which was around the mentoring process. Um, do you see uh, – or sorry, first off, how does that work right now within WebTip uh, in a, a process point of view? Like do you um, – is there something to identify to new players that there's an opportunity to kind of partner with a – you know, in a mentor-mentee uh, arrangement, um, and if and how do you see that being structured potentially in the future? Yeah. So what we've done, because um, we had the mentor program going for a little bit, just to see if it would work. Um, you know, kind of test it out, see the interest, and people were definitely interested. So I ended up changing the welcome email that we send out to let people know that it was an option. And then when you make a new account, you get reminded again that if you're interested in the mentor, you can go. Um, right now, we don't have it as an on-site sign-up, but we do have um, we have our tournament site where we keep a lot of the old tournament history. So on there, we have a couple Google forms that you can sign up to either be a mentor or be a mentee. And we have a um, email. I don't want to say what it is because I'm not going to get it right, but it's something like webdipmentor um, at gmail.com where people can you know go, hey, I'm looking to get some help. Um, we have it on the form where if people want to help um, or get help, they can do that. And then we occasionally put up banners asking for uh, for experienced players to step up and be willing to take on some students because we definitely have a mentor shortage. We do not have a mentee shortage. Always have people looking to get better at the game. So uh, that that's what we're trying to figure out is how do we uh, how do we attract some people a bit more. One of the things we did to the last two years uh, to reward mentors a bit is when Zalter does his um, twelve days of giveaways, where uh, you know anyone who signs up has a chance of winning some prizes around uh, the holiday season. We've um, selected all the mentors who are active, and we've uh, done a lotto for them. So whoever wins gets some web to points. Um, get them in some better games and stuff but definitely looking for ways to incentivize people um definitely looking for you know more senior players to just kind of step up and you know be a be the welcoming face of the hobby in general and help new people get involved do you, do you, do you guys still have school of wars yeah so i'm actually um a professor in one right now as is captain meme and then bulky who is also known as conk over at Playdip. so it's been a really fun school of war so far um i've gotten to lecture on all of the points that i really like talking about in games um 
you know, Balky's posts have just been phenomenal because he's a really good um, kind of, you know, emotional player connecting with uh, the people he's playing with, um, you know, really smooth press writer. So seeing him post um, in contrast to my more like, you know, kind of technical and tactics based play style has been really fun. And then, you know, everyone is familiar with Captain Meme's commentary on big tournaments and games. So having him uh, participate has been great too. And we're always looking to have more School of Wars too, because they're they're just a great resource to have sitting there because we can direct players to them even after they finish to go back and be like, you know, this is how you get a really good breakdown of a game. Feel free to read through those threads. Sure. I was, I was just wondering with um, over at over at VDIP, we've got this is on the incentivizing side of things. Um, we've got those little um, tags that you can put on adjacent to the person's name when they post in the forums, um, just to identify them as moderator, um, developer, you know, a, a contributor, that sort of thing. I was wondering if you guys still had those um, around. On, on WebDip as a, as a forum um, icon, or if not maybe um, having them as an incentivizing kind of thing is, you know, people who win a tournament get a crown or people who, you know, mentors get a, I don't know, a scepter or something. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud, really. Yeah, that's a good idea, and I'm probably going to steal it. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to be careful with how you use it, though. I think at one stage, Ollie was giving them out for anybody who sent uh, his newly born child, I think his first child, a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's hilarious. I had never heard that story before. <laughs> Um, now, Amber, you wanted to ask a question around ghost ratings. Uh, and the yeah, ghost so, ratings. So, what's, so what's Squigs doing in that particular space? Because I think everybody just loves, when, when anyone hears about the concept of ghost ratings, they seem to go, wow, I'd love to see that. So would you mind, Jamo, just for, for anybody out there who doesn't understand or doesn't know what a ghost rating is and how that system works, could you give a quick overview about that? And then um, you know, if you know what Squigs is planning in that space, that would be really, really interesting as well. Yeah, so the ghost ratings have been around for quite a few years now. The ghost maker is the admin who initially came up with them, um, which is where the name comes from. So they're, uh, they're a skill-based uh, ranking system. So every time that you participate in a game, you're betting part of your... Uh, skill profile and then depending on the result of the game so if it's a draw that overall skill profile pot is distributed among the people who drew the game or the winner gets the result of it um, the amount that you bet varies with some of the variants um, varies a little bit i believe with gunboat versus full press so we try and weight it more towards the um the press style games um, and that system takes into account all of the games that have been played in a month and then we do the processing which takes about an hour or two currently and then we upload those into excel documents and post them on a website so obviously that's a bit of an intensive process um, months have been missed because of it when the people who normally do it are not available 
So we're really looking to get that integrated into the site and have ghost ratings run as soon as the game finishes. And that's what Squigs is working on right now. And he's also working on adding more categories. So he's his goal is to um, kind of configure it so that you can adjust categories really easily. So if VDIP wants to have you know, a category for um, larger variants that we just don't have on WebDIP, you should be able to do that when he's done and kind of adjust categories as you need on the site. Um, add more, take away some that don't make sense. So that's definitely going to be a bigger project. It's probably going to be a few weeks, maybe a few months before uh, we're able to get anything going and live on the server with that. But that's going to be a really, really nice change to have because for so long we've really only had um, points. And, you know, points are cool, but they're not reflective of skill necessarily because they are given away for some things you do get them for winning tournaments um and they're they're not you know a true skill-based uh, ranking system and that's that's what ghost ratings has given and that's why people uh, really seem to kind of flock to it as more of a indicator of skill than anything else we have available will that run alongside the um, hall of fames there jmo will be a or will replace the, the, the um i think I think the plan right now will probably be um, once we have ghost ratings live on the site, we're going to want to validate the data for a couple of weeks, make sure that it's, you know, matching the manual process we run offline. Once we have that kind of confirmation, we're going to start putting it in the rest of the site. So you'll be able to see your ghost rating history on your profile. Um, we're going to probably split the Hall of Fame. So you have the what exists now, but then the same thing for ghost ratings, where you'll be able to see all-time and current ghost ratings, uh, Hall of Fame versions, and maybe a few other spots on the site, depending on where it makes sense. We're floating around the idea of having it as a game entry option, where you can make a game where people with a, in the top like 500 ghost ratings can join. Uh, we're not we're not sure, you know, we want to do that yet because we don't want to make games too limited for people. But that's something that we're floating around as a possibility right now, too. Cool. Excellent. Is there, is there any other technical, you know, enhancements or changes coming down the pipeline over the next six months or 12 months or so at, at WebDip? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, Botox48 right now is working on a dark mode, which is really looking nice right now. Um, that's pretty much just sitting on me because I haven't gotten the chance to pull down his code and test it out. Sorry, but it's a dark mode? So it's a theme for the site. So you know how a lot of the oh, sites yeah. like Discord have that dark theme, easier on the eyes, um, you know, just pretty popular with a large group of people. Mm -hmm. He's working on having that available as a user setting. So you can keep using the site as normal or you're going to be able to have a really nice kind of Darker contrast, uh, easier on the eyes, um, less battery power on the phone. <laughs> um, just should be a really nice, you know, stylistic thing to have for us. Um, so that's what he's working on. Um, I already mentioned what Squigs is taking a look at. Um, I'm currently almost done making reliability rating changes for live games. So I mentioned that earlier, cleaning those up a bit. Um, I do want to make it so that live game players can see more games on the sidebar as an option. So right now they're limited to three and we show like any live games that are upcoming or need a replacement. I just want the people who are really interested in that to be able to see more, more games pop up there. Um, 
And then I want to max out the extended phase delay at 24 hours to speed up some of these games that are getting delayed. Because um, we definitely had to do the extended phases. Um, to give you some s quick stats, when we started tracking um, civil disorders and NMRs on WebDIP to the time that I implemented the missed phases with Toby, we had 153,000 civil disorders and 333,000 NMRs in games. So that was really impacting um, the quality of games drastically. And that was a problem all the diplomacy sites were seeing. So since we've made that live, I haven't pulled the, the numbers in the past couple days, but NMRs and CDs are almost entirely gone from games in the sense that when someone's kicked out of a game, no turns have processed. So someone else can come in, pick up that game, and the, the game isn't really disrupted, aside from, you know, a new person sending out press. Like, the position isn't destroyed. It's really smooth. But we also don't want people to be sitting there for a week because of uh, delay in a five-day game. So I'm going to limit the maximum delay to 24 hours to kind of help speed that up. So those are just a couple of the kind of mid-size hits that are going to be coming. Um, I really want to bring over the point and click from V Diplomacy 2 over to WebDip and maybe clean that up a little bit in the process. Oh, for the interactive orders? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then the one other... Uh, the one other big change that I really want to get done, which kind of came out of me going to the World Diplomacy Championships in Washington, D.C. last year, um, is a sandbox mode where I really want people to be able to start a sandbox game, be able to access all the orders from one screen and just quickly uh, plug in the state of a game, have some nice tools in case you kind of screw up those orders to move back one phase um, and just give a really nice sandbox sandbox mode experience um you know jdip i believe kind of offers that now i'd love to have that more in the site I, I agree i think it's um it's a really useful function to be able to have just to and even just muck around with different um potential positions that you might be thinking about um and scenarios it's, it's quite a useful um cool tool to have and i quite like backstabber how they you can sandbox that yeah, and, you know, I've had um, some people in the face-to-face -face community mention that Backstabber's got that tool, um, but at the same time, they're not entirely DATC test um, compliant. So for those who aren't familiar, those are the, the basic game engine rules for adjuncting, adjuncting a game to make sure that it, any um, paradoxes are handled consistently across sites so I'd, I'd love to you know get a sandbox uh, compliant with those rules available for everybody one thing i'm actually interested from from your point of view um jmo uh, with obviously the web dip space is you've touched on you know, just just in this interview you've talked about backstabber you've talked about vdip you've talked about play dip you've talked about you know the russian site the italian site and so on and so forth um you know to what extent is there communication that goes on between the admins and the and across those different sites around you know where things are going and how you all support each other because it seems to be like that offering is now really quite solid across all of you like there's no real new um diplomacy sites that are up and running i guess the only thing see that's newish in the last few years is obviously specific apps and phones. 
Um, is there much communication now at the moment between different um, admins and so forth across the sites? Yeah, I think it varies a little bit. Um, obviously, with me being an admin over at VDIP, that really helps. Um, you know, I have a lot of communication going with Ollie and um, with the team there. Um, Ollie has also, you know, contributed back to the main GitHub repo uh pretty frequently so that's that's a really solid and great relationship um and you know i think the community benefits from it too because you know webdip's able to bring over some of the really nice variants that just wouldn't be possible without uh ollie having the site that he does um over um you know the nexus tournament ajax has been doing a really good job kind of uh communicating with all of the different uh diplomacy sites out there so he's been having a lot of luck with that um getting people from different sites to, you know, kind of have conversations about where the hobby's going. Um, so I, I've been talking a lot with him and so have some of the other people on the WebDip team. Uh, from time to time, we have some communication with PlayDip. Um, a couple of years back, me and one of their uh, former admins, Rick Leeds, had some conversations, you know. It was pretty good uh, discussions there. And then... Um, you know, we obviously have some of the more prolific uh, plated players, such as Balky, you know, who's active on both, um, really help out, make suggestions. And, you know, he's currently a professor for the School of War on WebDip. Um, you know, Durga with the Online Diplomacy Championship has brought players in from all across the community. Uh, we're currently playing it on WebDip this year, but next year's will probably be hosted on a different site. So we like to make sure that there's at least some communication. Um, you know, obviously there's a sense of competition too, because we all want to be the best site to uh, offer the game of diplomacy out there. But we also all have the hobby's best interest at heart too. So, you know, I, th I think there's definitely some um, nice communication going on between everybody. How do you think um, we can grow the hobby more? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, and that that's part of the reason I went to WDC and I got the chance to talk to Chris Martin a bit on that. Um, part of it is integrating better with face-to-face -to -face, um, tournaments. Um, part of it is, you know, making sure that we're competitive, that we're keeping stuff up to date. Um, the biggest problem facing all of the sites, including the Conspiracy, I believe the name is, app uh, for Android only, which has something like half a million users, is the number of developers. There's there's really a shortage of developers in the web diplomacy, or sorry, in the diplomacy community at large. Um, all the sites are limited by it. Um, I believe Conspiracy, which has had the biggest user base has three devs working out of a garage is what their um, FAQ mentions is the reason that they will not have a iPhone app. Um, you know, over at VDIP, you have Ollie and you have Toby. Over at WebDIP for a while, it was just Aten Can and myself. Um, for a little bit, it was just myself. What really let WebDIP kind of just blast off in terms of development was having Bosox, having Squigs come on board, having Toby and Ollie uh, contribute back over to the WebDip repo. So just having developers is really the best way for the hobby to grow. 
um, you know, it lets us offer really cool new features like the tournament stuff, um, lets us have things like the discords where the communities can come together and have a good time, you know, a bit more live chat setting. Uh, that stuff just wouldn't be possible without developers and it just wouldn't be possible without uh, volunteer moderators on all the sites. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, obviously, as you said before, you, you were on both you know, WebDip and, and VDip. Do you, um, do you get a chance to play much? Um, I don't get a chance to play a ton. Um, I did. I recently brought over the Chaos variant over to WebDip, so I hopped in that and uh, was happy to see I hadn't uh, rusted too much. was able to solo the first uh, Chaos game on, on WebDip. Uh, it was a gunboat, so, you know, I can't can't say it took much uh actual diplomacy skill more tactical skill but uh, and a fair degree of luck since it is chaos after all but i do try and get in a game or two here and there um you know i mainly just play unranked these days is that just because of the you know you're not really worried about the you know, the the tournaments or not well, not tournaments you know i mean you're ranking rank sorry, you're rating or anything like that it's just more having fun and as you said just helping the community yeah, and, um, you know, I found the a few times when I've tried to play in the past couple of years, if something really urgent comes up with the site, like there are um, problems that are impacting the site being available, or we have to bring on a new moderator and I have to come in and help train them, uh, you know, I don't have the time to, you know, fairly contribute to those games. And I don't want to be in a competitive game and not be given everybody else on that board my all, so... I try and keep it more to the unranked kind of, you know, goofing around play style bit. Well, you, you should be playing with Kano more because, you know, he doesn't seem to worry about <laughs> rankings or ratings or anything like that, do you, do you Kano? No, no, not not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly I do, but no, I don't. <laughs> cool. Um, I've got no more questions. How about you, Kano? I think we've covered a lot, uh, a lot of ground here. Um, Jamo, like, I, I just, I just, I've always wanted to ask you what, what the numbers mean behind your name. What, what, what you got zero one one um, nine. There's a few other numbers there. <laughs> <laughs> they, are they a secret like mine? <laughs> they are a secret. Yeah. <laughs> so that's about the only question I'm not going to be able to answer for you guys. I think there's. Uh, there's maybe two people in the diplomacy community who know what they mean, and neither of them are going to be spilling. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, like that, that, that's up for me. One other just upcoming project that I want to kind of tease without giving too many details is we do have a really nice size project underway that's going to result in uh, basically removing any delay caused by misturns. Um, so it's definitely a longer-term project, but it's going to be a, hopefully a really big improvement to the hobby once we get that done. And I'll uh, I'll reach out to you too when I can talk more about it and uh, maybe give you guys a bit of a before everybody else so you can drop an interview um, when I get that uh, going. Yeah, it's fascinating. Thank you. Good stuff. Okay. Jamo, you've, you've been very generous with your time. I think we've learned a lot, and hopefully the listeners have learned a lot about what's been going on at WebDip2 and what's coming over the horizon. So um, thanks very much. Yeah, 
thanks for Thank uh, thanks for talking with me, guys. And we're back. Cheers. Cheers. Fascinating. Very interesting. Actually, at the end of the interview, um, we, we did have a discussion um, around some stuff coming up in the future, potentially, and some very interesting stuff coming down the pipeline that yep. we're not allowed to talk about. But it's, but it's very, very, very interesting. interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, <laughs> on a as, sorry, note, and as good diplomacy players, where you know it's the equivalent of being t- being brought in and saying, "Okay, we're going to play," you know, a bit of a gunboat game here. You can't, you can't talk about, you know, you can't. Well, not gunboat. We'll say, like, "Oh fuck, I've got it all mixed up." But you know what I mean? Where you can't communicate who you are. Well, gunboat's one of those. Gunboat's one of those. Or anonymous. Anonymous. It's the yeah. same type of thing. So, as good diplomacy players, you've got to kind of respect that, and we are. And, and we are um, not, not letting the cat out the bag, so to speak. Yes. But that stuff around how they've organised tournaments. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely fascinating. And, you know, we've got all that stuff ported over to VDIP mm-hmm. because, and it's a derivative um, sister site, essentially. And we, I, I wonder if we could move some of those forum games that are happening that are being recorded on the forum into that format is there many forum games over at WebDip I know, I know PlayDip's got a few actually what I did see on the WebDip forum is some blokes have gotten together and they've made a Minecraft map yes you shared that I was, I was reading about that on the on the bus on the way in and I <laughs> actually because I, again my um, uh, Ambie Junior uh, used to be a Minecraft player. He's since obviously graduated from that, seeing he's now a bit older. Yes. And I sent him that link, and he said, "Oh, have a look at this." And I, but he does play a lot of Civilization Six, and we played that together. And I said, "Maybe they need a Civilization Six mod for diplomacy." And he went, "No, no way." <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. It's a great idea. Actually. Um Going back now. Like, oh, let's go back. Um, to, let's go back to your, um, your talk about the Minecraft bit first. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to these screenshots and you know uh, recordings of play. How that looks. Yes. Um, we'll create I, a, I, we'll I create a link anyway. to it in, in the show notes. But there seems to, for those of you who understand Minecraft, it sounds like they were he was building a effectively a map although it wasn't See, I've never played Minecraft I've, I've seen, I've seen okay. clips in that of it okay so so, um, so again for people who understand Minecraft there's like different things like redstone and you know grey wool and things like that which they're using effectively to kind of show where the territories are within a classic map yep but the um, the way that the way it kind of was shown the way you've actually put in your orders were via um, the signposts that you can kind of put up around your Minecraft area. So you kind of write, you know, a part to bird, you know, if you're going to be doing something like that. Yeah. And then you kind of physically, after you, it's time to process moves, you physically go and pick up your sign and move it into Burgundy. And then if perhaps someone within Munich has done the same thing, they pick up their sign, move it into Burgundy, and you effectively bounce and you go back. So they'll be using... Um, but it's a manual, it's a very manual process. There's actually no game engine I think they kind of made it quite clear that there needs to be like a judging process by a human to be able to work this stuff out but it goes back to that concept when we um, were down in Melbourne at the um, Melbourne Open Melbourne Open yeah. um, of the idea of having this diplomacy map 
full like life size scale. Oh yes, have players on each uh, like moving. No, it wasn't down there. It was somebody was, else yeah, said that. Someone was talking. About no, no, it was. No, it was uh, fuck. no, no, no. It was um, one of the guys in Seattle. It was either, I think it. Uh, oh, was it Seattle? Yeah, I think it might have been Nathan. Nathan Barnes, I think, mentioned it. He had the idea okay. of the basketball court. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah it would be a similar Nathan thing I've done in virtual reality, I would I think. It was, I think it was Nathan, not Eric. Um, yes. Similar thing, virtual reality, though. Yeah. But the, um, the, the, the orders are submitted through Discord, I think. Yeah, which I actually thought was a bit and weird, because... Okay, so I, I'll go back to your earlier analogy around the whole on the on the boat where you can go off and have the conversation without anyone knowing you're having the conversation. Right. One of the things I think I found from when we were down in Melbourne, which hopefully we'll find again today, is you're paying attention around a face-to-face game around who's talking to who and how long they're talking to them and how animated they all are. Correct. So by having these type of conversations on a Discord server or something like that, you don't know that you know player A is talking to player B, as opposed to if you were in a Minecraft map, you might actually physically see player A going over to player B and talking, and therefore you can start making some conclusions. Then you might want to go over to player B and having a chat. I actually saw, and I think Good the way point. that the Minecraft idea would work, I think that would actually really lend itself very much to a face-to-face, sorry, a real-time game. Yeah, yeah, so you actually have your seven players log in yeah. and actually do it in and virtual reality. Yeah, and you could see, if you're part, if you're being observant, you can see that people were talking to each other. So as a result, you might want to go over and kind of, you know, find out what's going on and try to bring them back to your side or whatever. Yeah, Which yeah. you don't get in, like, the normal online game. You don't know who's talking to who. How sophisticated is Minecraft? Can you... Well, like with audio, right? Can you actually have a conversation with someone in audio? No, um, I don't think so. I think most of the stuff's all done by like a chat interface. Okay. So you could be doing it all by a chat interface. Yeah, but it would be really cool with like audio. <laughs> I wonder if you walk distances. up and, and like listen in. Walk up and hear, <laughs> and the further away, the more silent it becomes, and it cuts off after a certain distance. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I just it's been it's been a, a number of years since I last played Minecraft because I used to do that with the kids too and when they were younger and no, yeah, I, don't, I don't know where it's up to right now yes anyway I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out um, it's going to be very interesting very very interesting but as I said I'd, I'd love to see also like a Civ 6 version a Civ, a Civilization 6 oh Civ 6 yep. yeah, yeah. anyway so that Minecraft one's starting up what, in a couple of days I believe oh is it yeah so it was just it was an advertisement um, that an advertisement an advertisement in, yeah. in the forum essentially and he, he will be keeping people updated on what, what's going on. Speaking of what's going on, what else, what else did JMO touch on in uh, regards to web diplomacy, what's happening over there? Uh, well, he kind of gave us a bit of a rundown, obviously, about some of the changes over the last six months. But I think the main thing that he talked about was the work that um, Squigs44 has been doing to help out with a lot of work there. Um, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, hey, yeah. Like the, yes. Um, and the thing that I found really interesting was just that um, sharing of code, sharing of knowledge, sharing conversations going on between the various developers, both at WebDip and VDIP, yes. and porting stuff across, you yep. know, even to the extent, I think there was something we were talking around with JMO, you mentioned it, where JMO said, oh, that's, that's great, I'm going to steal that idea. <laughs> oh, Do you remember oh, that? <laughs> Oh, the, uh, the, the forum icons. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, it's, obviously, it's, it's currently being used for a particular purpose on VDIP, 
Yep. But I think it's, I totally agree with you, it's got a much broader potential application where for tournament people, I think it's Absolutely. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get like a, you know, like a golden crown if you win a tournament or... And it doesn't have to be specific be. to the server. Like if it's a, if it's a cross-server game, like if it's, um, you know, a, an online diplomacy championship yeah. or maybe it's one of the things that is going on over at... Um, Fuck! What's the thing that Ajax has got? Huh? Oh, on Nexus. On Nexus. Yeah, I wonder something if, like that, yeah, where you, yeah. you have a multi, multi um, server or not, sorry, play, players from multiple platforms. Yes. If you happen to be a, a, a VDIP player and you've won another, or a WebDIP player and you've won this multi-platform thing, I reckon you should be able to have your little crown added to your, your name. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? You know, I think you're talking about <laughs> Sceptre and all these sorts of other shit. It cost someone five five minutes to you know that to your, to your name probably the longest bit of time that would take to you know time cost would be to establish a whole heap of different little icons but all the icons are okay but you can grab all that shit online that's no problem yeah the I mean, code yeah. is already there yeah. the process to be able to say you know this particular icon goes to this person this person this person it's, it's already, already there. there yeah 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 it's yeah, probably yeah. you know squeaks could probably knock it out in like five minutes flat yeah I, I I'm looking forward to seeing seeing that sort of that being implemented and I love I love the new like the search functions like how that's um that's been fixed um, I love how when you go and look at game history or you search for new games you no longer get that dangling page mm. you know it used to show that there was you know more more games available oh yes and, and that, that you can yeah, absolutely yeah. spare but that, that's all been fixed and the Hall of Fame has had, a, had an update as well and of course you know the, the coding system which it's not coding system what I'm saying the scoring system which obviously you don't care about but the fact that <laughs> the fact that you know as we talked about in the interview certain players particularly in VDIP who'll be like number one and just won't turn up hmm. now you've actually got that most recent players in the last six months and I think that's that's a it's really a good indicator in right of, of who, yep. who's really good. And how ghost rankings um, and ghost ranking, yes. looked into being integrated yes. into the server, which is really cool. There's just so much stuff going on in the diplomacy space, isn't there? It's, 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 it's just going off. It's going, it's, yeah, it's going off like a frog in a sock. Frog in a what? Frog in a sock. A oh, frog in a sock, yes. <laughs> um, I think there was also something else that he mentioned which I thought was really uh, interesting, which I, I think I, I asked around, look, what type of skills? If you had people right now who, who want to give something back to the hobby and they happen yep. to be a web dip player, what are you looking for? And one thing I was really happy to hear was, and I think that kind of ties into the altruistic nature of, of that whole focus. One, you don't need to be an actual techie developer. You, know, you just need to be, have the willing to, to learn. learn a little yep. bit. And I think that's great that you can kind of start kind of bringing people up to speed in that space and, and grow them. And of course, the other thing then is more the the mentor mentee element. Yes. I think that has got so much potential. Not only just in okay, yes, having the ability there, but I think actually within some of these online platforms, it wouldn't be too difficult to be able to create effectively like a marketplace of mentors and mentees where you can kind of match them up. Yeah, based on interest. Based on interest, mentors, yeah. it might be you know, well, I don't know. We're going to be of. of yeah, I think it's a great idea. And, and how you spoke about it having real-world ramifications, 
you know, especially in the job market. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, and that is, you know, in this day and age, having an online project where you're coding or you're doing some developing or you're involved in a community yep. that relies on goodwill of people putting time into it, yep. you know, it, it shows um, an, a, a large sense of initiative on that person's behalf and a sense that they're actually... You know, community minded and all the things that employees oh, yeah. look for. You know, yeah. and I think that's but you know, kind of that's make a an great effort. point yeah. to make is that you know you're not it's not just for the love of you know the the players who are playing it, but it, it can also have a you know a real world bonus. Yeah, yeah, really to to, to to cracking that job market, which might be a bit difficult absolutely. in some senses, yeah, in some yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Um. So the other thing I'm just conscious of, Kana, is just the time because yes. we've got about uh, 45 like, minutes, got, exactly. Yeah, 45 minutes until we have to be at the place just in case people start turning up and we need to go get somewhere that we can service food and we can eat. Yep. So do you reckon we should maybe even wrap this one up Let, now? Let's wrap that up now. Um, and we'll talk a little we'll bit more about other stuff. the next stuff. episode yeah, about yeah. some other things which are going on currently. Um, which will be out of date by the time, out, it course, out, out date by the time it comes out. But it helps in yeah. certain ways. Yes. It kind of protects the, the guilty. All right. I'm Kana. Oh, and I'm Ambie. And, and thanks for tuning in. Cheers.